Welcome to the Dellingpod with me, James Dellingpod. I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but I really am. I'm really happy to be um, remaking the acquaintance of somebody I met online uh, ages ago, so long ago that I've actually forgotten the circumstances. And you may have come across her. Um, I think she does just about the best Substack there is on Substack. And every time I read it, I think, gosh, uh, that's like reading reading me, <laughs> which is a compliment, I, mean, I guess. Very um, much so. Miri, so I look at your I look at your um, Substack and it's it's Miri Af Miri A F and I always think of it mentally as Miri as F word because it's like so hardcore, um, but it's not that, is it? It's Miri Anne French, Finch, Finch, Finch. Finch sorry, yes, Finch. Um, mm. The double entendre is, is intentional. When I first uh, launched my website, I thought what can I call it? I want something that's a bit catchy, not just my name. And then I realized what my initials are. And I thought, oh, that's quite catchy. You are, I mean, you are very hardcore. Uh, so I think it is, it is appropriate. It, I mean, almost okay. scary. I know, I know you've, I know you've frightened some of, some of my, <laughs> some of the other people I've had on my, 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 my pod with your uncompromising take on who is and who isn't, um, you know, controlled opposition or whatever. Um, but before we go there, I wanted to, can you remind me how it was we, we 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 first met online? It was something to do with with thinly disguised autobiography, wasn't it? Well, I have been a fan of yours uh, for probably close to twenty years, and I I read that when it first came out, um, and I thought it was wonderful and and very funny. Um, and I grew up on a university campus, um, so I knew uh, how accurate what you were saying was, and I just thought it was wonderfully observed. Um, then I kind of lost track of what you were doing for quite a long time, um, and then you emerged. Uh, as a conspiracy theorist, as all the best people are, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> were you at the time? Were, were, I mean, when, when you, when you, surely you can't have been when you read Thin Disguised Autobiography, which came out, what, like 20 years ago, as you say? Uh, I think I read it when I was about 17. So it was, it was in, in the, in the early 2000s. Is that when it, that, was it? Yeah. I, the, do you know what? Uh, after a, do, do I call you Miri? By the way, is that is that what people call you? Yes. Yeah. I just use my full name when I want to sound a bit more serious and right. Did, no. Um, what you what you will find um, when you get to my advanced age is that the the previous decades they, they sort of blur, and you're not very good on working out what you were doing at any particular time. Uh, I mean, I mean that book. Which I'm, which I'm, I'm still very proud of. Um, uh, belongs to a completely different stage of my life when yeah. I was part of. Well, I, I never really was part of the establishment, was I? I was always sort of um, flirting with membership, but mm. they'd never have me in for reasons I now understand. But at the time, I didn't, and in a way, that was one of the questions I was asking. In that, well, as, as the title suggests, then you disguised autobiography. It was a thinly disguised autobiography and one of the puzzles in that book is look i want to be i want to be with it with the in crowd why won't they have me as a member mm. um and now i now i know but but yeah. thank you for getting the book thank you for appreciating it because i because i i think it I, I i still think it's really good but i think a lot of people particularly in the kind of the mainstream mainstream criticism didn't like it for precisely the reasons now that they don't like me today mm. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh I'm sure. Um, and I think they've, they've completely turned their back on you, haven't they? Uh, you completely dropped out of having any mainstream exposure at all. In, in a good way, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, in, in that, as you know, I do this occasional, well, weekly podcast with, with, with Toby Young. And I've known Tobes a long time, since, since pretty much, I think, our second week at Oxford. And we were both... We were both young men on the on the on the make in different ways. We wanted to, like, we're like sort of Evelyn War characters. We'd 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 entered this this magical realm, and we wanted to we wanted to get on. I mean, I, I mean, it's a, it's a classic lit, literary trope, isn't it? I I, I think of uh, Eugène de Rastignac in 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 Balzac. I don't know whether you've you've read Le Père Goriot or anything, but but uh, or there are there are characters like that in in in. Russian literature as well, and I'm sure in English literature, people, young men who want to get on. Um, uh, and where was I going with this? The, the, Toby still hangs out with these people, with these mm. with these establishment figures who, who is he, he's carefully cultivated over the years, and and I suppose he's become part of that that milieu. But the idea of even seeing these people across a room at a party appalls me and it's not because it's not because i i understand that they are evil sellouts or um you know that they're sort of at best useful idiots of the evil um predator class that runs the world it's it's more that sort of social awkwardness thing this embarrassment that 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 you realize you've got nothing in common with these people that you kind of um you part feel sorry sorry for them and part despise them. Mm. And what 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 would the conversation I I would have with them be? It would be very uncomfortable, I think. Very, absolutely. Yeah. Um. They, they, I mean, their whole uh, lives are based around uh, illusions, aren't they? Uh, complex, expensive, well maintained illusions, and uh, you'll be an enormous threat to those illusions that have served them very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I I do feel a bit of a, an idiot for not twigging earlier what was going on when did you realize what was happening well i think uh the major event um was when i went to university and they tried to force vaccinate me um for a condition that wasn't very serious uh you know the measles and i'd already had one vaccination for it and i did say to them i've already had one vaccination i've never had measles so is it perhaps possible that that vaccination worked um but they were very insistent uh, to the extent that they said if i didn't have another measles vaccine they would not only kick me out of the university but they would deport me from the country because i went to america to go to university right and i thought this is a insane overreaction um you know what what is really going on here why are they so desperate for me to have this injection um, so that's when I, I, I really, I think, tumbled down the rabbit hole um, and was looking into the measles vaccine, why this uh, procedure was being uh, so aggressively pushed on me, um, you know, what incentive they might have to push that on me. And I think uh, that kind of opened the floodgates. And then I found my, myself um, ordering David Icke books, um, uh, you know, questioning the moon landings, uh, the, the whole thing. So uh, can I can I just uh, explore that 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 moment in in in, in more detail? What was, it, what was the university? It was a branch of the State University of New York in a, a college village called uh, Potsdam. It's about an hour from the Canadian border. And and what were you going to read? 
I was uh, doing um, a major in uh, professional writing with a minor in community health. Right. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, look, at the time, it must have been seen. It must have seemed fantastic. Like America, land of the free, and gosh, yeah. the chance to study study somewhere else, really exciting. And I imagine you thought you were going to get hotshot teaching and yeah, etc. And I, I, I think lots of us, not you clearly, would have would have gone well they're being draconian because they're Americans and, and, and there are these elements, these draconian American elements within the American system, which sort of, which which jar with its relation, with with its reputation as this kind of land way, land of the free. Mm. Um, But you decided to say, hang on a second, why they, uh, what did you find? I mean, did did you, what, where did your research take you? Well, what happened was um, for, reasons I don't know. Um, I'd already declined to have the meningitis vaccine when I was in the sick form. They told us that a, a nurse was going to come in and give it to us and didn't know anything about vaccines, but I just had the strong sense that there was something off with vaccines. So I just didn't go into college that day. And so I didn't get it. So there was just this thought in the back of my mind, which wasn't based on anything other than instinct, that there's there's something wrong with vaccines. I had all the normal childhood ones, but once I was an adult, I just felt not comfortable with them. Um, so I'd sent my vaccine records off to the university before I went, which they requested, and they said that was all fine. But then when I arrived, um, I started getting these all caps emails from the health center saying, you know, there's a very serious health emergency you have to come in and see us about. I thought, it's a bit alarming. And I went in and it was that they said, look, you've only had one measles vaccine. And as per our requirements, you have to have two. So I did push back against this and saying, well, why? It's not a very serious illness. I've never had it. I've been vaccinated. I seem to be fine. Um, and they pushed and pushed. And I did know enough about vaccines at that time um, to know how they're measured as being effective is that they uh, produce antibody titers in the blood. And I said, um, instead of getting this vaccine, can I have the blood test to determine whether I've got the titers already so wouldn't need another injection? And you would think they would just say, oh, yeah, that's fine. But they were yeah. so resistant to it. Um, and they tried multiple different things to get me to have the vaccine. First, they said, um, well, you'll have to pay for that blood test yourself, whereas the vaccine will be free. And I was like, hmm, okay, that's fine. I'll pay for it. And then they said, and this was really set alarm bells ringing, you know, it would be easier just to have the vaccine. And I was like, easier? When is it easier to have an invasive, risky medical procedure that I probably don't need than a simple blood test? So I put my foot down and said, no, I'm having the blood test. And it did come back positive for the antibody titers. So they very reluctantly agreed that I didn't have to have the vaccine and could continue on with my studies. But, you know, the vast majority of people wouldn't have that kind of knowledge to have, have challenged it. And they certainly didn't make it available. Um, and that it was so difficult for me to do that and continue studying and stay in the country. I thought there's there's something more going on here. And that's when I really started researching. That's that's really interesting. Um, and that's that's testament to your strength of character because i i know that when i was that age i was more of i was very cavalier about vaccines it was like yeah bring it on i've had yellow fever i've been to africa and i've yeah yeah yeah, cholera here's my scar and like you know it doesn't hurt a bit bit like the queen said you know that um when she was when she was um uh railroaded or maybe she did it willingly into into becoming the sort of trying to make us all take the jab that she said uh, oh it didn't hurt as though as though that was the main issue that people yeah, were, yeah. Were, were dying to have the thing but they were worried it might hurt um but but i think a lot of us just sleepwalk into this stuff don't we, we yeah, we yeah think, definitely 
because we've been given the propaganda about about um, uh, Edward Jenner, and I, I keep going back to this about the milkmaids. I mean, everyone yes. knows the story, don't they? Yes, you must have t- learned it at school. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, that's where the word vaccine comes from, from the Latin vacca, which is cow, from Edward Jenner. Exactly, exactly. And I, knowing what I know now, did, have you noticed this that that when they create these stories, they're quite good at at creating these pictures that are going to help sell something to us. So the idea of associating experimental medical procedures with dairy maids with fresh complexions. And you think, what's not to like about that? Yeah, of course, of course, absolutely. And didn't, did you become involved in, in anti sort of jab or, or vaccine awareness campaigns after that? Yeah, so, so what happened is after um, I uh, came back to um, this country, um, I was kind of looking in earnest for people to connect with in the UK who were uh, into all this kind of stuff because it seemed that a lot of the anti-vaccine activism was all in America. Um, so I was doing a lot of research and I wasn't coming um, up with anyone m- much closer to home until I happened to randomly uh, listen to a podcast one day and I heard a scientist called Professor Chris Exley being interviewed. And he was studying um, aluminium. He's the world's leading expert in aluminium, which is uh, added to a lot of non-live vaccines to stimulate a stronger immune response. And he was saying, look, I'm the world's leading expert in aluminium and there is no safe amount of aluminium to inject into a human being. And there are uh, there are no clinically approved aluminium adjuvants. There are clinically approved vaccines which use the adjuvants but the adjuvants have never been studied independently and verified safe so there's no there's no science at all to say this is safe and i thought well you know he sounds really interesting it'd be great to talk to him but he's probably based far away and then i found out which was an extraordinary coincidence that he was actually based um at the university of keel which was the university campus i grew up on and my father and grandfather both lectured at for decades i thought wow that that's some coincidence um so i emailed him um and he remembered my family very well and i went to meet up with him and I said, I really want to get more involved um, in kind of the vaccine safety awareness movement over here, but I'm not sure how to do that. And he gave me some names and contact details of people who were very active. And he also suggested it might be an idea to start my own resource um, from the experience that I had had uh, aimed at students, because a lot of the vaccine education resources are aimed at parents and there's very little aimed at students. So that was my first public resource. I started a website called um, STRIVE, which is an acronym standing for the Student and Teacher Research Initiative for Vaccine Education. And I started that in 2015. It's still online. And that really helped to connect me with a lot of like-minded people. Yeah. So that would have put you on the um, the MI5 hit list. Yes. The, the first absolutely. thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I'm sure they've marked you down. How old are you? I'm 41. I thought you were, you see, that's the thing. Again, when you get to my reverend age, you just imagine that everyone who looks younger than you is way, way younger. And you're only... <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm that much younger than you, maybe 10 or 12 years. Yeah, 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 exactly. But you're, but you're still a child. You're still a child, Mary. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're, you're, on, you're on the list. Um, have you ever wondered what it is about you, us, that makes us... The, 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 why we've twigged when, when, when hardly anyone else has? I have wondered extensively, um, and I've written a few articles about this. 
Um, I think it's 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 multifactorial, but basically it comes down to at some point losing faith in authority, an authority figure you had a huge amount of trust in. And when you lost that faith in one authority, then you start questioning them all. So I think that's what happened to me when I, you know, you obviously have faith in universities and uh, doctor surgeries. And then when they let you down, you start thinking, hang on, who else, who else is lying to me? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. And I, I, I think that is of course the great block for people like for normies, like, like Tobes that if you, so long as you continue to have faith and authority and you trust them and, and you think, well, they're not going to lie to us, so there must be another explanation, you're never, ever, ever going to wake up to the significance of Building 7 or, or uh, the fact that the moon lander was put together with, with sticky tape and, you know, built in a Blue Peter studio yeah. and filmed by... <laughs> or, or whatever, you just can't. They, they, I, I get this on my my telegram channel sometimes people say to me why don't you why didn't you mention this you know my favorite thing that that that, that, that justifies wh- why why this this conspiracy theory is real and you think no it's not like that the, the yeah. normies are under a spell yes absolutely my favorite i think piece of yours that i've read although they're all they're all pretty good actually they, you, i don't think you do you do a, a duffer really my favorite one that i keep quoting is the one where you have a go at people on our side of the argument who say well i don't think i don't think you should be talking about this crazy stuff like moon landings because there are far more serious things that you should be talking about and also it gives us a bad name yeah, it, yeah. It, just 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 run your thoughts on that by me again well um i just think it's a kind of gatekeeping gatekeeping and i don't think they're doing that on purpose um but it it is uh really a replica of the uh mentality that says you know just trust the experts just get get your vaccine just wear your mask you know they know what they're talking about and you don't because um this piece sprung from an essay i did um questioning viral theory and I know that's very contentious and you know genuine people uh, are on both sides some people think you know uh, viruses are very contagious and the source of illness and some people don't think that and each argument is is credible and, and legitimate and we should be able to explore both sides um when I said in my view uh viruses exist but I don't think that they're the cause of serious illness um I got a, a lot of quite extreme pushback um not from normies who almost never comment on my post but from people on our side um who basically said you know you're very good when you comment on uh social issues but you need to stay in your lane you know you're not an epidemiologist you're not an immunologist you know you shouldn't be uh commenting this you should leave this to the experts and i was just oh my god i can't believe that i'm hearing this from people on our side so uh what i tried to say to them is like look if you're so sure you've got the truth on your side, just make your case. There should never be anything off the table. Nothing is too crazy to be debated. Um, you know, as I say, there are no stupid questions. There are only stupid answers. Um, what is achieved from trying to shut people down and belittle them and ridicule them? It's it's just gatekeeping and it actually takes us further away from the truth. And I was also trying to impress on people that, you know, we, uh, conspiracy theorists or whatever you'd like to call us, we're not the Borg. We don't have a high mind. We can have different opinions on things. And, you know, if I think X, that doesn't reflect on anyone else but me. Um, so I, I don't 
consider myself to be a representative of um, the conspiratorial community. I only consider myself to be a representative of myself. And you can agree with me on some things and disagree with me on other things, and that's fine. But this idea that uh, we're giving each other a bad name by disagreeing on things, I think really needs to be challenged. Mm, yeah, 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 totally. Um, so the people who are giving you a hard time were people who still believe in, actually, that's a bit of a, bit of a tell there, people who still believe in, in viral transmission theory. Yes, absolutely. Because it's interesting, I find that the, the terrain theory people can be equally, equally stroppy and difficult. It's yeah. like, you know, what, what you still believe in viruses, you're just like such an idiot. How can you? It's a real, it's, it's one of those, that and, and flat earth are the two yeah. great dividing ones at the moment, I think. Yes, I agree. Have you looked into flat earth? I have. Um, and it's one of those things which I think, just like you said about viruses, <laughs> both sides are so entrenched and uh, so aggressive that I just think, it, that's just not, not something I want to I want to stray into. Um, I think I'm, I'm in enough arguments with people as it is. But it's one of the examples I used in my piece saying, look, whatever the truth is, everyone should be able to present their case freely. And that allows the truth to emerge. Um, and I know there's a lot of people that say, well, uh, you know, um, Flat Earth is a CIA psyop to make us all look crazy. Perhaps, but the way we get to the truth is not by suppressing the discussion, it's by allowing the discussion to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I was asking you, um, in a genuinely open spirit of inquiry, cause I, I, yeah. I haven't looked into it yet. I was, I was very impressed by somebody sent a, um, a, an interview with Andy Kaufman. I think it was, I, I, I must get him on the podcast. He sounds like a really interesting character. And he was asked what he thought about, about flat earth. Yeah. And he came up with this really clever, eloquent answer which was enough to cast doubt on the on the globe model at least mm. um and i think the the thing i always say to people um is if you look this is where i'm coming from i believe that the world was was created by this this extraordinary deity beyond mm time and space and he made us all in his image and he made the world and he made he made the lilies and everything else um and that that at the moment we're experiencing this gigantic supernatural battle between the forces of evil and the forces of of of, of, of good and it's all been foretold in 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 the bible um how can any 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 conspiracy theory however at land at outlandish um be ruled out of question mm. when you believe that i don't know yeah. where you are on, on the supernatural state of things but it seems to me that one can't really understand what's going on in the world right now unless one understands the supernatural dimension mm. no I, I think you're absolutely right and um uh i think there's a line in the, the tao which says uh you know a life isn't um a, a mystery to be solved it's a journey to be lived or something and you know i think that the, the the reality of what we're experiencing we can't quite comprehend and there are forces beyond our, our comprehension behind all this and i certainly would agree with you that there's um a, a divine intelligence behind everything because how, how could there not be i think um the idea of uh you know the big bang is just preposterous that's a conspiracy theory yes well 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 that's 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 certainly a, a tell isn't it that that 
a bit a bit like um the fact that we all know we all know that about the milkmaids and and the, and the miracle of, of vaccination mm. so we all know and it's it's embedded in pretty much every scientific article you would you read the newspaper and once you become aware of it you 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 realize just how ubiquitous it is this idea that that darwin is one of the greatest thinkers ever and that evolutionary theory is just one of the building blocks for our knowledge about an understanding of everything mm. and 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 then if you give evolutionary theory even the most cursory inspection you realize that the the, the holes are so gaping you think well yeah. how on how was i taken in have you have you yeah, yeah. presumably looked into that one yes yeah no absolutely it's it's just it's, it's ridiculous it's a children's fairy tale but i think that's why uh, you know governments are so obsessed with uh, getting children into schools as, as young as possible because if we were presented with these theories as um uh fully formed autonomous thinking adults we'd be like this is ridiculous but it's fed into us from when we're four so we could just accept it like we accept Hansel and Gretel and whatever although here's a bizarre thing um I I go I go riding um twice a week and my favorite ride so in the school holidays when when the girls who age between about they're mostly girls because only girls really go to pony club um they're they're aged between about 11 and about 15 and um one thing that strikes me about girls who go riding is that they are much more socially developed than than your average children in 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 that they they don't kind of go all coy when you talk to them they're they're capable because it actually it's a very adult skill being able to control a a horse or in their case a pony which are actually ponies are much much more difficult than horses because ponies are their mood changes from day to day and moment to moment they're a pain in the ass and you've got Mm. to and also you could die very easily on 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 a horse or a pony they can kick you and just kill you in an instant uh so they're quite sort of they grow up quite quickly and they're communicative and so I, I love the chats I have with them. And what I find is talking to them that they are much more open to ideas um, at that age than, than many adults are because mm. they haven't yet, their, their minds haven't been, been molded by the system and, mm. and sort of ossified, if you like. That they're, they're still, their brains are still plastic and they, they can, they can, yeah. um, I don't know what I'm saying here, other than that that that, that children are very receptive. You know, when you mm. when you tell them that, as I love doing, dinosaurs didn't exist. Yeah, they don't go. How can you say that? That's outrageous. They go. Oh, really? Oh, right, <laughs> and they, yeah. they want to know more. Have you have you, have you looked into the dinosaur one, by the way? Yes. Yeah, and with with you there. But but it's quite hard to find um, information on 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 that. I haven't I haven't found a really good person to a go-to guy who can mm. who can tell me exactly give me chapter and verse on why d- dinosaurs don't exist hmm no, no no one springs to mind um I'll, I'll give it some thought if i can think of anyone i'll let you know what what's your favorite conspiracy theory mm. that's a good question um well one of one of the earlier ones that uh, i came across which was another big big gateway was um paul is dead McCartney? Yes, tell me. Oh, tell me about this because I get a lot of stick for for promulgating that one. Oh, okay, right. Um, so uh, I I remember when I was um, 
in my uh, early teens, and I take that fun, I'm afraid. Um, one of my friends had older brothers who were into pop music, and they uh, tried to get us off to take that and into the Beatles. And um, I remember when we saw pictures of Paul McCartney in the early days of the Beatles, we're like, that, that can't be the same guy as now. It, you know, it's not just aging. That just can't be the same guy. And I remember saying this was long before I became a conspiracy theorist. And then when I found out about the Paul is dead theory later on, immediately this resonated with my other experiences. That was my instinctive reaction as a young teenager. That's not the same guy. Um, and so when I looked into it and found out how much evidence there is for this, I, I thought, wow, uh, you know, that really corroborates this. Um, you know, there's, there's so many things that one could reference, but I think my favourite was um, the Italian forensic scientists who said they were sick of hearing all the conspiracy theories that Paul was dead. And they were going to analyse verified photos of him from before 1966 and after and prove that he wasn't dead. And they were absolutely you know, astonished and horrified to find the opposite. They said, we've done these analyses and the conspiracy theorists are right. It's not the same guy. And they published this in like an Italian newspaper. It's very interesting that you could spot um, that, that, that this was not the same person just by looking at the photographs. I think I wonder whether this could be a female thing. Uh, for example, last night I was watching the latest series of Black Mirror. Don't bother, um, but I but I have to. I, I saw it already. Oh, you saw it, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one about we. Uh, what is it? Joan, Joan is evil. Or... Yes, Joan is awful. Yes, Joan is awful. Joan is awful. And uh, the wife was watching it and said, and she she couldn't sit still because she said, "I know that actress. Who is that actress? Who is that actress?" And I was going, well, I don't know, just like some actress that one doesn't know. She said, "No, no, no. Come on, come on. You know who it is." I said, "I don't. I don't." Know. And uh, she she eventually spotted that it was the actress from that cheesy. Um, Canadian sitcom, uh, what's it called, with the gay guy <laughs> about um, the rich about the rich people who go poor. Anyway, oh, I don't know. I mean, I watched like three se- three seasons of it, so I should have known, and 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 I didn't recognise, but the wife did. And it's the same way that when wives get their hair go for a haircut, the husbands can never tell. I think yes. just women are women are I, I, because I think it's I think it's partly because women are designed to spot when their man has been having an affair. Right. Um, and and so they 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 can pick up all these tiny clues that men would never spot, yeah. and and those 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 skills are deployed on on facial recognition and stuff. So it doesn't surprise me that you could spot this thing where where I I couldn't. I mean, look at the. But you're right; he does look different. I mean, there's um, even after the the plastic surgery, which which allegedly he's had done to make him look more like. So who? So what do you think is going on there? What do you think? What, what's your theory on what happened with Paul? Um, so uh, I did do a long article on the Beatles, which I also got a lot of stick Ooh. for, probably more than any article I've oh, ever done. I want done. to read this. <laughs> okay, right. So um, obviously we know all. there's lots of uh, more mainstream uh, conspiracy theories about the Beatles, but I invented my own conspiracy theory about them. So I think that it is potentially possible that they were um, orphans at Strawberry Field Children's Home who were adopted by intelligence agencies and enrolled in some kind of MK Ultra programming for their later roles change agents and then placed with families to give them a credible backstory. So I, I have formulated this conspiracy theory all by myself. Um, Is there any evidence at all to support it? Well, when you look at the, 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 uh, the lyrics to the Strawberry Field song, um, 
I just thought, why was um, a children's home of such central significance to uh, four boys, ostensibly from, you know, perhaps somewhat chaotic, but nevertheless uh, loving family homes? Um, I can't point to any solid evidence other than uh, looking at clues and what they might be suggesting. Um, but what I think about uh, how the establishment works is that they knew what massive change agents the Beatles were going to be, and they yeah. couldn't risk having anyone who would go off script. So uh, they wanted to have them under a, the kind of mind control that we know MKUltra can produce, and it was certainly very much active at the time that those uh, boys were born. Um, so in keeping with this theory that I've developed, which may be a load of nonsense, but we never, you know, you never know, um, I think that what happened with Paul is that his programming started to break down. So with um, MK-controlled uh, assets, uh, between about 25 and 35, due to natural neurological changes in the brain, programming can start to break down. And a lot of MK-ultra slaves are sacrificed around the age of 30 for that reason. So, Oh, the, the, uh, the, the stupid club, where they all die at age 27. Right. There we go. Yeah, it's 20, it is 27, isn't it, I think? Yes, yeah. it's, it's 27. I think that, yeah. that um, so I think Paul was around that age. So I think what happened is that his programming was starting to break down and he was being a bit too uh, traditional and non-progressive and um, he wouldn't promote certain agendas like the pro-drugs agenda. Um, and so I think they they got rid of him, they sacrificed him and, and brought him a replacement. And so the theory goes, it was a Canadian guy who won a Paul McCartney lookalike contest. Um, this is this is full fake, fake Paul because yes. uh, uh, one hears that the other other Beatles didn't think much of the new of the fake Paul. No, indeed. Um, I think that John Lennon alluded to that in one of his his later songs, didn't he? Um, yeah, so it made some some comment to that that effect. Um, so did, uh, yeah, it's my belief. Go on. Have you seen the footage of Paul McCartney? fake Paul McCartney doing is it it's either let I think it's Letterman or is it Jonathan Ross it's one of the others one of one or the other and he does this very very weird gesture with his with his hand sort of illuminati kind of mind control oh, I think I have seen that yeah I where are you on take that by the way do you think uh, do, I mean do you, do you think all all bands that achieve prominence are essentially part of some kind of MK Ultra system I think it's very likely. Um, I don't. I'm not entirely sure about uh, take that because allegedly um, you know, Robbie is from Stoke, which which is where I'm from, and he was just a normal lad who was uh, you know picked up at age 16. So I don't know if uh, um, you know you can install some of that programming later on, or whether he really was selected when he was very young. Um, but I think, obviously, to achieve the level of prominence that they achieved, um, you know, they had huge establishment backing, of course, and uh, very little musical talent. Um, so I'm sure that there is some some degree of uh, establishment control there. Um, although I do understand that Robbie has become quite the conspiracy theorist, and that he's been uh, meeting yes. David Icke and, yeah. This is this is the problem, isn't it? For 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 those of us who are really deep down the rabbit hole, that that we enter halls of mirrors and we're never quite sure what's really going on. I, I suppose the 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 most troubling example of this, because because you just you don't I, you don't know what to think is is when you come across the idea. That you, so so you've you've been through all the elaborate theories about the Kennedy assassination. 
and I then in, in any great detail. But yeah, right, go on, go on. Sorry. But then, then it then it's posited that actually it was faked, and that and yeah, that yeah. all these uh, all these um, celebrity assassinations are are faked because that's what they want you to think. Um, and then it gets very, very tricky. And, you, and, you, and just when you thought you were making sense of the world, the, the rug is pulled from under you and you're... Yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to talk about the Kennedy thing because it's just too... But, I mean, this is this is Miles Mathis territory. Where are you on Miles Mathis, by the way? Um, I have had him recommended to me by a couple of people and I've never looked very deeply into his work, but I do understand that this is the kind of thing he, he concentrates on and I do need to uh, look in, into him more. Okay, well, we're, we're not. We're, this is just count this as, as a very brief digression because it's just too much of another area. But Miles Mathis writes these extraordinary essays. He's he's really big on on bloodlines. He's so whenever he'll do a number on somebody, he will he will trace. He he did one on on J.K. Rowling, for example, and his theory, which I think I I kind of believe, is that is that. The Harry Potter books were actually written by the the, the cabal to promote oh, witchcraft and and Satanism and 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 so on, and she she was just a kind of a patsy who yeah. was chosen. But he he looks at her background and, and and suggests that actually, contrary to the story about her being an ordinary working class girl who just wrote the books in a cafe, she's actually connected to one of the bloodlines and 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 so on. And I think it was. It was actually written for her, or, or the the bare bones of the plot were given to her on a train journey by one of the Mitfords. And any, anyway, um, but M- Mathis, I I don't think I've ever heard him do a podcast. I suspect that he himself might be some kind of uh, three letter agency right. uh, composite character who who puts out. Uh, True, this is a kind of limited hangout um, yeah. but with a lot of kind of disinformation um, as well. But anyway, back back to the to, to, to the to the pop star thing. Um, I mean, the Beatles obviously were a Tavistock Institute yes. creation. Yes. The Stones as, as well. Yes. Um, and you've read. Um, weird scenes um inside the canyon yeah essential reading yeah yeah absolutely but but it's kind of upsetting isn't it when you've been when these songs have provided the soundtrack of your life and you love these songs you know eight miles high or whatever yeah. um or I, I love the first i love crosby stills nash and young's deja vu album for example um it's kind of dispiriting to 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 learn that that actually you were just being taken for a ride and this was yeah. just a kind of psyop designed to corrupt the the culture mm. yeah it is absolutely um and i think that's uh an obstacle that uh many people feel it's impossible to overcome uh you know they're so attached to their memories and their favorite songs and film stars and pop stars that uh you know the emotional wrench of realizing that these people were all illusions and them is too much and i think that that does put people off um you know asking the asking the, the fundamental questions that we've been asking it is is a horrible experience and uh sure it was for you to realize you know we've, be, we've just been sold a lie our lives have been based on lies and i think um you know you have to have a, a certain strength of character to go through it and i certainly understand and sympathize with why a lot of people feel i just can't do that it's too much 
Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. I think that they're often inclined to shoot the messenger. Yes. Ra- rather than accept the the message. Yes. Which is Absolutely. horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Um, do, are you not constantly blown away? I mean, put yourself in in the in the shoes of the people who are pulling this trick on us. The what, what do you call them, by the way? The overlords, usually. Yeah. The overlords that, I mean, you've got to admire their ingenuity. They don't leave anything to chance, do they? No. Oh, no. They're, I mean, they're, they're brilliant, malevolently brilliant, but but brilliant. Yeah, uh, it's why, um, you know, when people say about uh, high profile politicians, oh, they're incompetent, oh, you know, they're bumbling. It's the last thing they are. They're ruthlessly competent. Um, and part of their ruthless competence is putting on this illusion that, oh, we don't know what we're doing, we just made mistakes, you know. Um, I think that they're... they're they're intellectually brilliant. The people behind this worldwide scam, and 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 the royal family as well. I mean, yeah. The, the, the this this image they have of these the the, the 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 you get these stories planted in the press, don't you? Uh, which which foster this image, like the queen um, being fussy about the kind of electricity bills in Buckingham Palace, mm-hmm. and about only using one bar of electric fire or whatever, yeah. and turning off all the lights and the, the the idea that the royal family lack for cash <laughs> i know i know well so so how how far how far have you got i mean what do you think is going on who do who do you think who do you think runs the world have you have you, have you worked out how how it, how it works I think you know uh, the bloodline fa- uh, family dynasties is, is a very credible theory, and that I think that is it thirteen families. And if you uh, trace world history, you find these same family names coming up again and again. Uh, they've got kind of an unfathomable wealth and power, um, and I think that they uh, really uh, managed to harness that power to particularly evil effect um, after Freud. And uh, you know that that Harari guy said, you know, we know how to hack human beings now. We know how to program them. The age of free will is over. Um, and so with uh, Freud and then Bernays, um, they really learned how to uh, pull our strings. And that uh, coupled with um, the rise in technology and uh, AI, they've they've uh, got this uh, perfect storm of factors now to have the influence they probably wanted to have for hundreds of years but have never quite had the tools and the know-how and I think now it's all coming together and they've really got you know more unfathomable and terrifying uh, a power to have this ultimate control than than they've ever had Do, yeah I mean obviously Freud and Bernays um they they formulated it in a way that, that other people could use very easily but do, do you not think they've had this knowledge but it doesn't they must have had this knowledge in roman times you know bread and circuses well, and stuff yeah 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 you may be right um it, it seems to have somehow become uh, ultra focused and more effective perhaps because they had then the technology you know to beam this kind of mind control into our living rooms uh you know with, with television and so on it seems in the latter half of the 20th century um they were able to put, you know, a hypnotist in every living room and, and do things that, that were beyond their scope in, in Roman times. But yeah, you're probably right. They probably did have much of that knowledge then. By the way, did, I mean, who do you hang out with? I, it's quite difficult, isn't it, to find when you when you believe all this stuff. Well, yes, I know. I think it's the correct word. It's quite it's quite hard to engage with the normal world anymore. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I was uh, really lucky, actually, because um, 
when uh, the fake pandemic uh, hit, um, I got involved in uh, local groups who were, you know, fighting back. And for some reason, I'm not quite sure whether it is, but where I live, um, Huddersfield in West Yorkshire, there seems to be a, a, a large concentration of, of awake people. So um, throughout the uh, pandemic, I made a lot of social connections in my a local area with people who see things the same way and it's not something I'd ever been able to do before when I, I used to live in uh, London I, and I struggled there and Stoke and I struggled there but for some reason um, there seemed to be a lot of awake people in West Yorkshire so that was okay well there's a likely target for the next um, harp um, <laughs> earthquake <laughs> yeah. harp generated earthquake or whatever whatever they're gonna yes Mm. <laughs> I'm probably giving away too much, but yes, uh, I think um, maybe also because the uh, you know the, the lockdown and restrictions and all the rest of it were so outrageous that people who maybe would have kept their beliefs to themselves at um, earlier less uh, emergency situations were prepared to come forward and say, no, this is ridiculous. You know, I'm, I'm standing against this. So it did it did actually make it easier for me to make social connections. And you know, I've observed again and again that uh, lockdown was actually probably the most social period of my life so good um i i sometimes get people saying look enough enough talk of 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 who's behind this and Mm. 9-11 or whatever um we should be talking about the next step what we do to fight back but for me this is an information war above all i mean what can we do other than speak truth yeah, well, I think that the main thing to do is is to speak truth, and 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 the other thing which you know I've been trying to push more in, in recent articles is to, is to concentrate on um, you know your, your local area because we're all uh, you know intentionally kept isolated and involved with our devices and made to believe you know there's no one in my local area who thinks like me. But if you look at the statistics, uh, you know about um, 15, 20 percent of people have had uh, no COVID jabs. You know, and a much larger percent have stopped after one or two. Um, there are actually lots of people in our local area who are on the same page. We're just not given an easy way of connecting with them. So what I, you know, try to push is try and get out in the real world and connect with with real people who live near you because they are there. But um, you know, the establishment wants you to be uh, captured by the screen, uh, watching their puppet heroes, thinking that you're isolated. Only the puppet heroes will save you. But actually, you know, there's, there's real power in, in in local community. I think you're right about that there's no, nobody's going to come and save us. No, definitely not. That was one of my bleakest moments, where the period where I thought that Donald Trump was going to, was going to, because like for, for a time it seemed as though he was, he was the only, the only politician who was going to break through this, yeah. this system and expose it. And then you realise, no, he's just another actor. Yes. With a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the moment, that moment of realisation is when you become blackpilled, when you realise that yeah. nobody is coming to save us. Yeah. And we've been, we've been programmed in every movie we've seen to, to imagine that, no, there, there will always be somebody, Gandalf will always ride to the rescue of, of, of yeah. Helm's Deep. And I don't think he, I don't think he, he, he will. And, and then you have to sort of decide, are you going to get mired in this perpetual despair until you die? 
or are you going to well i mean that, that's when i took the white pill mm-hmm. i don't know where are you on the on the the white pill journey have you are you are you christian or are you what um ancestrally so i was born into a catholic family and i was, I was brought up that way um I'm a bit lapsed um but uh i yeah i would go along with the white pill theory that you know this is all happening for a reason um and i don't feel pessimistic or that you know all is lost um you know there's something going on i think that's beyond our understanding but it is important to to speak the truth to expose the evil and that this all all matters and it's all going towards something you know there's a saying that says um everything will be all right in the end if it's not all right it's not the end i haven't heard that one before uh, yeah i thought you were gonna say all things should be well and all manner of things should be well uh, which is what julian of norwich it was, right. it was a woman, I think, not a man. <laughs> um, yeah, because, I, I mean, the the thing that people have difficulty with, even, even when they're down the rabbit hole, is, okay, so, so I shared, for example, this substack, which is, which was, which is written by a woman who specializes in, in talking about, um, sort of luciferianism and demons and stuff like that somebody who's probably had experience of the mk ultra thing or or, or whatever and i don't think that some of our awake people realize the extent to which the world is governed according to luciferian philosophy with its attendant obsession with things like gematria with signs and symbols mm. and stuff that the, the, they they're very careful about the dates they choose to do stuff on um they yeah. love they love playing mind games with 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 symbolism of i mean uh, red shoes for uh, red shoes and, and and also all the fake um this is another another thing people have problems with the the the, the early damagard stuff about um false flags um pe- people just can't quite believe that what they dearly want to believe are terrorist atrocities are actually committed by three-letter agencies to yeah. to um but this stuff is real that yeah. there's there's a there's a reason why pop stars do do this and yes. and this to, to show they're in in the club have you have you looked into this at all yeah yeah um uh i, I have looked into it a lot i mean uh it's, it's not kind of my, my speciality area, no. but I do uh, completely understand and agree that, um, you know, science and symbols rule the world and that that's very important to them. Uh, science, symbols, numbers, dates, and that they absolutely uh, take this very, very seriously. Um, there's another saying, um, um, millionaires don't use astrology, billionaires do. Um, you know, so they believe in all of that. I know that Prince William's birth was induced, so he was born on the summer solstice, and yeah, all all that kind of thing. Yes, and and you know the one about the um the reason that Diana died uh, by pillar thirteen of of, of that of that tunnel. Yeah. yeah, and it's a major satanic sacrifice day, I believe, August thirty first. And, and and that particular spot underneath Paris is a, is a, a Merovingian um, sacrifice. Right spot i mean this is this is this is just crazy stuff Mm. but when you realize that the efforts to which these people are prepared to go to deceive us 
um, and to sort out things like when their children are born, you realize that we're dealing with uh, a different order of, they're not mm. like us, are they? No, no, definitely not. Um, uh, maybe not even entirely uh, physically, because they seem to be very obsessed with bloodlines and keeping the, the bloodline pure. And um, no, they're not like us at all. And also, you know, um, it used to be the case in, in all cultures that uh, uh, rituals and ceremonies were very important to all cultures. And they've kind of destroyed that in a modern Western culture. You know, there are really no rites of passage or coming of age ceremonies anymore. We're given to believe, oh, that's all superstitious nonsense. You know, modern, sophisticated people don't have that sort of things. But they, the overlords continue to take that kind of thing very, very seriously. Yes, that's very true. That the there's you look at the, the course of the last the cultural shifts of the last say 120 years, and what you find is that almost every tradition that that binds communities has been undermined and often destroyed, whether it's morris dancing or fox hunting or i mean look what look at what they're doing to cricket at the moment i know i know cricket is bread and circuses but the the the, the way that they're now it, it, it's it's weird how it works that that this inquiry has been conducted into kind of racism in etc and in, 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 um various forms of injustice in english cricket and and the committee has has concluded that cricket is institutionally racist that it it discriminates very much against women because get this women cricketers aren't paid a fraction of what male cricketers are paid and right. so now somehow they've got to be <laughs> like anyone gives a toss what women's cricketers do yeah, 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 yeah. and and the idea that that there's this thing called the ashes and it, and it could be the women's cricket they're talking about or the men's critic and we cricket and we shouldn't discriminate it's also blatant and but but then you then you look at who's responsible for this who who commissioned this 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 inquiry designed to, to undermine and destroy cricket and it was the english cricket board which gave permission or, or launched this this inquiry with the help of john major who's right. supposedly a cricket lover and you think right. Well, how do you explain that? I mean, it's, it's, it's like every, everything has been infiltrated. It, it, yes. Yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah. Which I suppose is why you're so hardcore in your judgments on people who, I, I mean, I'm assuming you don't think I'm compromised. No, I don't, no. But it is hard to tell, but, but, you, but yeah. you have called out quite a few people on our side who you think aren't on our side T tell me a bit of, a bit about that well um i think it was uh you know I, uh i spent a lot of time studying the media i did do media studies a level which everyone laughed at at the time <laughs> but i think it was Little uh, bit. Quite... they're not laughing now <laughs> <laughs> no um it was uh, it was actually quite hard and it was quite good training um because i I, I understand what the media is there to do, the mainstream media, and it's there to direct your attention to the things that you want to look at, that they want you to look at, because they are the things that they control. So, um, you know, it's a very uh, simple formula, which I always repeat, you know, if somebody's getting a lot of mainstream media exposure, they're not on our side. It's as, it's as simple as that. Um, and actually, I saw a really good illustrative example of this uh, yesterday. Um, you know, Abby Roberts? Yes, of course. So, 
of course, yeah, the amazing Abby, um, she got arrested uh, for swearing at the COVID inquiry. And um, I did a news search for Abby Roberts arrested. And there's nothing. This just hasn't come up in the mainstream at all. Whereas I'm thinking if it was um, Lawrence Fox or um, Andrew Bridgen who got arrested, you know, this would have column inch after column inch. So what, you know, the, the ineffable conclusion I've come to is that they only direct our attention, the people that they want us to know about because they control. People that they don't want us to know about, they crush uh, from having any significance by ignoring them because a hit piece is helpful if you're presenting yourself as anti-establishment. It actually underlines your anti-establishment credentials. All mainstream media editors know there's no such thing as bad publicity, and that's especially so if you're saying, oh, I'm an anti-establishment hero, and I can prove that because look how much the establishment hates me. Look how mean they are to me, just like they did with Trump, just like they're doing with Kennedy, uh, Bridgen. Um, so that, that, that is my, um, that's my thesis. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, well, let, let, let's examine that in a bit more detail. Kennedy, for example, I, it, it took me a while to spot that it was a wrong one. But I, I, I think my first tell was when reading his extraordinary book, The Real Anthony Fauci. And he talks about the, I mean, it's, it's clear reading the book that AIDS was just cooked up by Fauci. Yeah. It was a kind of dry run for, and that, and that clearly the people who, d- who supposedly died of AIDS, in fact, died of uh these terrible drugs that that um what was the one that um oh um oh, azt azt yeah the the, the ones that, that fauci pushed which which was a which was a cancer drug initially and and then it was taken off the market because it was killing so many people and that was what i think killed freddie mercury and arthur ash yeah. and and all those other people but it th- there were moments where it became clear that kennedy was pulling his punches and and then of course this his position on on the environment and he he clearly doesn't anyone who 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 claims not to understand that environmentalism is nothing but a but a tool of the elites to to destroy us and take away our freedoms is who yet purports to be a freedom fighter is 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 is, is deeply suspect mm. what 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 troubles you about kennedy yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that was the, the first thing um, that uh, so my initial um, analysis of him is that he I think it's quite likely that he might be elected president and he'll rise to, um, to victory on, uh, you know, champion of the people exposing the COVID vaccines wave. And then when, uh, you know, people he has people's trust over the vaccines, then he'll do the bait and, bait and switch. Uh, so first of all, I think that he'll push personalised jabs. Uh, he's always said, he said again and again and again, I'm not anti-vaccine, I just want safe vaccines. So I think he will push uh, vaccines, just different formula. But then um, I think that the thing that the overlords really want to push now, obviously, as we know, with the 15 minute cities is the green agenda. And he's always been uh, you know, very hardcore about that. So um, I think that's why they could want to install him. So he'll, he'll push that. Um, so uh, he was actually pro lockdown initially because lockdown according to him you know reduced carbon emissions and it was good for the environment um so uh yeah i definitely think that's where he's coming from um i think uh there's a a a lot about him that should rouse people's suspicions um i've just been introduced to um alison mcdowell i don't know if you've come across her yeah yeah she's got some very good things to say about him um how uh, you know he's ratified the whole uh, idea of uh, viral theory and that there was a pandemic because he uh, his book has a chapter called you know mismanaging a pandemic 
So he's saying, oh, there was, you know, there was a pandemic. It was very serious. We just handled it wrong. And he was even uh, supporting giving uh, pharmaceutical treatments to healthy people, to so-called asymptomatic carriers. You know, if we treat the asymptomatic, then we'll mm. stop the next wave. Um, so I just think he's another classic uh, limited hangout, uh, controlled opposition. Um, and he's publicly come out in support of Andrew Bridgen. Um, uh, and, um, you know, I, I don't believe that Andrew Bridgen is legitimate. I've written him an open letter. It's been read and shared by thousands of people. I know that he's read it. He hasn't responded. Um, I can't understand why uh, someone like Robert Kennedy, who's very, very knowledgeable about politics, would support an enterprise like Reclaim, um, you know, who are really a non, non-functional political party. And I understand if people don't know much about politics, they kind of don't understand the issues with Reclaim that I've tried to highlight. But I know that Bobby Kennedy will certainly understand that. So I'm thinking, why is he publicly in support of Reclaim rather than um, any of the other grassroots, uh, you know, anti-lockdown, pro-freedom parties? It just seems questionable yes you just reminded me um loza um as you know i'm, I'm friendly with loza and i'm friendly with bridging um he he was he was very upset about your 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 piece but, it, but he, he was pointing out um uh, i promised that I'd, I'd mention this to you um about the fact that people can't join his party um and he said that the reason is that they've been denied the chance to have their bank account and i want to give them give them a bank account um hasn't that changed recently i believe I they know. have one i, I, I don't know I believe that he did tweet that quite recently that they've they've got a bank account now um, okay uh but you know i'm i i love him or, or bridging uh you know or whoever else is behind that party hosking um just reply to my questions because you know i'm not here to smear people i want to get to the truth and so i've looked at this reclaimed situation and seen there are a lot of anomalies and i've reached out to them and said please can you answer these questions i'd like to be able to trust you i'd like to be able to support you but i can't in the absence of uh, you know this information that i'm asking you for well look i i i think as a as a general uh, a way of a sort of witch finder, an instant witch finder general technique uh, is probably quite a good rule of thumb, isn't it? To, that that if they're in, if we know their name, they're in the game, as as, as the phrase yes, has it. Um, so where would you where would you put um, uh, what's his name? Um, Long hair, ex druggy, shags lots of girls, comedian. Um, oh, Russell, Russell Brand. Russell Brand, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Um, yes, I, I put him in the very much controlled camp. Yes, absolutely. And what do you think the purpose is would be of having somebody like Russell Brand in the controlled? What 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 function is he serving the the, the predator class or the? Because uh, I think that you know they uh, they do understand human psychology very well. They understand whenever they present uh, their latest psyop. Um, there's going to be a certain amount of people who won't fall for it. It's between about 10 and 20%. So they think, right, well, we need to manage those people. Um, you know, as Lenin said, the best way to control the opposition is to lead it ourselves. So that they uh, they create a release valve for these people who've seen through the mainstream psyop and say, okay, so they employ limited hangout and uh, they get someone who's going to reveal a bit of truth. And I, and I, I also think because, um, you know, we're so sick of being lied to, um, you know, lethally lied to by the likes of Matt Hancock and so on, that when someone comes out saying even just some of the right stuff, we're so relieved and we're so grateful, we're prepared to, you know, suspend all questioning and critical thinking, just like, no, they're on our side, we have to just get behind them, it doesn't matter if they're not perfect. And I understand that, that, that uh, those emotions and why people feel like that. 
Um, so I think that that's why people like Brand are, are put there, um, you know, almost uh, like a Pied Piper to uh, lead dissidents and critical thinkers down what is ultimately a dead end because people like that will only ever go so far. Yeah. And Jordan Peterson? Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, also in the same boat. I did really like Jordan Peterson when he first came out, and I thought that interview he did with Kathy Newman on uh, Channel 4 was TV gold. It was fantastic. Um, but, you know, and as time has gone on, I've, I've realised, of course, he's controlled as well. And again, he's in that same little club, you know, he's uh, friends with Loza and Bridget, and he promotes them and promotes Kennedy. Does he? Yes. Twitter. That's interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. I, I don't think he's, he's, he's never he's never retweeted me, which which well, no. not least because <laughs> I'm always being rude about him these days. I mean, looking back, because I, I I fully agree with you. I think Vox Day put the last nail in the coffin with. Um, you're not gonna, you're not going to tell me that Vox Day is one of them, are you? I don't know anything about him. I know the name, but I've never I've never looked into. So it. well, Vox, Vox did a very very good deconstruction of, of Jordan Peterson and once you've read it you're left in no doubt that he is yeah. um he is designed to corral potential young young men who consider yeah. themselves to be on the right he yes. channels them into a holding pen and yes. sort of defangs them to mix to mix metaphors that that you know, they, they focus focus on tidying their room and 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 they're so busy tidying the room they forget the fact that they've got to revolt against this evil uh, yeah. elite which is crushing them um yeah he, he but that kathy newman interview looking back doesn't it strike you as odd that that she put herself in that position and yeah, that, that he... yeah 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 i know and in retrospect um you know it's obviously all staged you know when uh, lawrence fox first came on the scene i was a big fan of his um when he uh, that question time thing of course in retrospect i realized that was all staged but at the time i thought it was all real um and uh I must say, I'm not a huge fan of his music, but I did buy his CD and I even went to see him in concert because I wanted to support this guy speaking out. I thought, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and at the same time, that was kind of going on with Catherine Newman and Jordan Peterson. I had the same feelings about uh, them. But, you know, I've, I've realised much more subsequently about how the media works and that, of course, it's staged. Of course, it's set up. Of course, it's all limited hangout. Yeah. Um, and while while we're in the business of, of trashing my dear friends, <laughs> tell me about Toby. What's going on there? What the, what the um, hell is going on there? Well, um, I think, I don't know if it's gone ahead. I know they were having some issues. This event he was doing with Isabel Oakshot where Lawrence Fox was going to play Matt Hancock. I mean, that just that just seemed to be kind of uh, trolling us. And when I, I saw that Lawrence Fox was playing Matt Hancock, I was like, oh, yes. He's yeah, but actor. to his credit, so Lawrence, Lawrence he did called drop that. Out, didn't he? he did drop out, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Which that, I thought was a, was was to his credit and a kind of, I mean, I, I suppose that there are very few people that I don't have occasional doubts about. Yeah. Um, um, like, I, I think Dick is probably safe. Is I that think, your brother? You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I trust Dick. And I think, yeah. I think, yeah, Abby would be, would be another one. Bob. Yeah. yeah. Bob, absolutely. Yeah. Bob the cartoonist stand up. And there's, there's, there's a few others, but um, it's, I want to think well of people, and and, yeah, and yeah. I'm very much in the business of, of of giving people the benefit of the doubt, and until they prove themselves to have betrayed me, at which point, well, like that. Well, I can't well, what what was that that went on with you and Toby recently? I saw you tweeting something. Well, we we do have these 
tiffs which we play out every week. It's it, it right. is a form of um, theatre, and it, yeah. I, and, and by, I, I don't mean that there's anything insincere about it. I don't I don't think. Oh, what what act can I play today? I we just we just turn on our computers and completely wing it. I I, I very rarely prepare, um, but I, as I understand it, or as I as I see the show, it's every week we play out this division that exists between those in the normie paradigm and those of us who are down the rabbit hole and the frustration that those of us down the rabbit hole have in trying to explain our theories to, to normies Mm. and people, when I throw it open to comments, they say things like, how can Toby not know about operation paperclip? How can Mm. he not know about, the Titanic you know, and the Olympic and stuff. And my excuse for him, and I think it is, is not, not implausible is that, cause I remember what it was like when I was a normie, I, I hadn't heard of operation paperclip or if I had heard of it, I would have kind of dismissed it as kind of one of those outlandish things that one hadn't got time to focus on because there was more important news to deal with. Mm. And I, I and I wonder whether that's that's part of the problem with people in the normie paradigm that they are so distracted by the news as they are meant to be, mm. that they don't have time to 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 investigate the stuff that needs investigating. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's um, absolutely true, and it's it's very difficult to get your head around the fact that a lot of what's in the news is just absolutely fabricated nonsense. Uh, you know, it's 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 a fairy tale um, because uh, first of all, um, the ego kicks in. And says no, no, no. You know, if this was a lie, I would know. You know, the famous Mark Twain quote that it's easier to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled because their ego will protect them. Um, but also, you know, you have to do um, a lot of thinking, a lot of research because the the first question, obviously, is, but why would they make that up? What's the point? And, and explaining why they make things up, why they lie about things, is not is not an easy question to answer. So I think that it's much easier to default to these conspiracy theorists are obviously delusional. They've smoked too much weed or insane. Um, you know, of course the news tells us the truth. Why wouldn't it? Uh, you know, if it was lying to us, you know, they get in trouble. Um, it's, it's very difficult to unpick that for people. Yes. The, um, I can't remember. I've mentioned this before on one of my podcasts, but um, my wife was taught her English teacher was went on to become the head of MI5. Oh, gosh. And, and one of the classes that she took, she gave the girls um, was how to read a newspaper and how to deconstruct it. Right. And she taught them not to believe anything they read in the newspapers. Oh, brilliant. Which was kind of interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it didn't particularly work, but, but um, I, it's interesting that that's what, that's what she did. The, the media one realises... Well, you you've, you know this from your media studies, um, uh, and I know it with bitter regret, having been part of this industry. The media is responsible for so much of of, of yeah. the, the 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 spell yes. we're we're under. Absolutely. Oh, completely. Yeah. So well, you you responsible? Maybe meet the media and schools. Yeah. And well, don't forget the entertainment industry. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um. But but it's everywhere. So so, do you, you actually heroically work your way through the newspapers still in order to deconstruct them? Yes. Um, 
So uh, every morning I read the Daily Mail, The Guardian, uh, my local paper, um, Henry Macau, who's one of my favourite conspiracy theorists, and Natural News. I don't know him. Oh, don't you? We'll come back to him. Sorry, carry on. Um, So what I do is I I look at the left-wing, right-wing mainstream, then I look um, at the local news, which is usually much more accurate and reliable than the mainstream uh, media, and then I look at the conspiracy view, and I and then I can kind of see, um, you know, what they're pushing, what they want to fo- us to focus on, what the subtext might be, um, and you know, once you uh, learn how to read the media, it's actually very helpful. So I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, I hate I hate the news. I, I never read it. I never watch it. And I can certainly understand that perspective, but it is actually really helpful if you um, like. Uh, David McGowan says in his books, he says the mainstream media always tells you everything that's really going on, but you just need to learn how to read it properly. Because his books are completely based on mainstream sources, 100%. He said they, they tell you everything, just read between the lines. Oh, okay. What, so you're saying I should I should read the... Um... <laughs> if you can bear it. Um, I understand right, why a lot of people can't, but, but he said that, and I think he's absolutely right. Um, it tells you everything you need to know if you don't take it at face value, there's always clues and, uh, and he's right. So he never references any conspiracy sources in his books, all mainstream sources. Um, and he draws conclusions. Um, Cause I think what the mainstream counts on is people have very short memories these days and they just um, are looking at what's going on now this week. They're not connecting it to something that was in the press a month ago, a year ago, five years ago. But if you learn how to do that, then you can really see the themes that are being weaved and the, the story arcs they're creating. I see. Can you can you give me any particular examples of this? Um, Madeleine McCann. Oh yeah, tell me about that. So uh, you know, sadly, uh, hundreds of thousands of people, including children, go missing every year. And if you ask anyone, name one missing child, Madeleine McCann. Maybe Ben Needham as well, but basically, it's just Madeleine McCann. And why on earth has this story stayed in the headlines for fifteen years? Um, now, if you if you trace it back, then you can see that it's actually pushing a number of agendas. Um, so uh, I maintain, and I may be proven completely wrong and be made to look stupid, but I do think that they are going to uh, find a person who are they going to present to us as being Madeleine McCann. And they recently had that uh, German girl or Polish girl who was saying that she was Madeleine McCann and turned out to be an imposter. Um, but I think that they had her on the world stage because within five minutes of making these allegations, which could easily have been proven false with a very quick DNA test, they didn't do that. They strung it out for ages and they even put her on Dr. Phil, which is, you know, one of the biggest talk shows in the world. And I think the reason for that was to uh, implant in people's uh, heads the idea that she could still be alive because, you know, everyone says, oh, it's so obvious she's dead. The parents did it. Um, And I've always maintained, well, that's too obvious. That's what you're supposed to think. And um, we're being set up for when uh, she, or the actress who's going to play her, is eventually found. Um, it will be used to restrict free speech, which I think they're going to use the Nicola Bully thing for as well, saying, you know, all you crazy conspiracy theorists, you victimised these innocent parents, this bereaving family when she was alive all along. So, you know, we need restrictions on what can be said in line because, you know, this was so traumatic for them. And uh, the other big agenda, which I always think that the whole Madeleine McCann thing has been about from the beginning, is about uh, microchipping children. Um, so, you know, they're making it a legal requirement as of next year to microchip your cat. And I'm sure that's not because they care about our cats, but I think it's um, about priming us uh, to get used to uh, the idea of microchipping children. So I think you know, that's the, they, they always play the long game. 
And one thing that they've got uh, very good at is uh, getting us in kind of goldfish situations where we're only planning in terms of the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, whereas they think in decades and centuries. So they've been playing this long game with Madeleine McCann for coming up 20 years, and it's pushing a number of these uh, agendas, which if you look back at all the stories through the years, you can kind of see them coming to prominence. And tell me about Nicola Bully, because I, I, I'd never really understood that either. What, what's what's going on there? Well, again, um, as with the Madeleine McCann thing, it's that, you know, uh, people, especially adults, do go missing quite a lot. Um, and maybe they get one paragraph in, you know, page 37 of their local paper. But Nicola Bully was plastered across headline news and all the nationals and international news. It's like, why? What's so special about her? Um, and again, uh, there's been a lot of focus on all these um ghouls as uh, people online are now called if they were commenting on the Nicola Bully thing um you know how dare you blame her partner uh you know how dare you think there was a third party in- involved this is so traumatic for the family haven't they been through enough etc etc it's the same rhetoric um as uh you see put against people who blame Madeleine McCann's parents so I think again it's about restricting free speech um on the guise of you know protecting people's feelings um but like I said about the Nicola Bully thing if uh they didn't want us to speculate on it. Why on earth make it headline news across the country? If you don't want people to speculate on something, you just keep it out of the press, which is pretty straightforward to do. They didn't do that. So I think they were baiting us into a trap to comment on it, make up so-called wild theories, you know, if the partner did it or whoever. So they can use that as evidence for why we need a restricted speech online. Yes. I've noticed that... Um... I scarcely dare ask. Are you familiar with the theories on Sandy Hook? Yes. For example. Yes. Um, <laughs> that doesn't add up, does it? No. No, no. Um, but okay, so so an example like that, or or um, or Nicola Bully, or or those 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 um, students in Nottingham who were murdered recently by yeah, yeah. an immigrant, uh, which which again was given quite a lot of play, wasn't it? Yes. And what I quite often notice, even within my Telegram group, is that someone will, will know will go, no, hang on, I, I do actually know somebody who knows yeah. these people. Uh, now, what's that about? Is it is it is it a sign that my group is infiltrated by intelligence, or is it that they're very good at at creating these cover stories? Well, it's it's very hard to say because I get that as well. Um, you know, I've uh, on my Madeleine McCann theories, I've had someone, and no one I know personally, or have had any kind of significant interaction with, but someone saying, "Oh no, you know, I I know the parents. Uh, you know, it definitely happened like the media said it did." But and they may be telling the truth, but equally, anyone can come online and say that, can't they? So unless I know somebody personally, I think I take testimonies like that with a large pinch of salt. There's a there's a there's an essay that I want to write. I, I wish you'd write it for me. Um, I, I, see if, see if, whether you can recognise this phenomenon I'm describing. So, um, okay, I'll give you an ex- a, a, a not very good example of it. So I was talking the other day out riding to um, the, the, my my trapped audience because you can't get off a horse. They, they're stuck next to me whether they like it or not. Um, about the submarine shenanigans, the Titan and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I said, there's so much about the story that doesn't add up. I said, like, what about this, this billionaire, this British billionaire that nobody has ever heard of before. And and mm-hmm. somehow he, he lives out in UAE or something. And he runs this, this air, this aircraft, 
business or something that nobody's ever heard of and and there's this this stock photograph of him in these in these in this kind of sports kit and 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 so on and the normie person's take on that is well just because he's wearing a sports kit doesn't mean he's not a billionaire i can tell you i know i've you know i've met billionaires and they all dress you know that and i notice that people on our side often do it they will always make excuses to gold plate or at least explain on behalf of the yeah. to, to do the cabal's work for them yes by you see it on twitter all the time we 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 keen we seem to be keen to debunk our own debunking yes apparently this is a psychological phenomenon i can't remember who told me about it but when you're uh, promoting disinformation it's best to leave holes because the people who are buying this information will then fill in the holes themselves and that makes the theory more credible to them because they've, they've formulated some of it themselves and then they're more wedded to it and they'll push it more. Well, that's a sort of reverse example of that, isn't it? If I understand you correctly. that that. So, so for instance, so you're saying like um, someone uh, is, is, is not dressed like a billionaire yeah. and then someone who wants to defend that person, yeah. even though back in their mind, they're like, yeah, they're not, but they then come up with justification themselves for why they so that they're um, invested in the theory because they've come up with some of it. Yeah, I, I, I do find it frustrating that even in the company of all the wonderful people you meet down the rabbit hole, there are so many people who are still prepared to make excuses for the other side yeah. by by, for example, playing that game we talked about earlier, where you say, this is a conspiracy theory too flat. We shouldn't be talking yeah. about flat Earth. It's ridiculous. Or or or, or picking holes in um, the saying. Well, actually, you know, under circum certain circumstances, jet fuel can damage steel beams. Mm. Or, or yeah, and and they think they're being reasonable and and, yeah. and applying due skepticism, but actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think um, nobody wants to believe that they uh, have lived a lie. So I think um, we put these parameters on ourselves. Like, okay, the pharmaceutical industry are very greedy, can understand that they cut corners, release dangerous products. You know, you can kind of accept that and therefore vaccines are dangerous without disrupting the rest of uh, your worldview. If you go deeper and say, no, it's not it's not cutting corners, it's not incompetence or whatever. The vaccines are actually designed to do nothing but harm uh, because there's a, a psychopathic cabal ruling the world who want to kill a lot of us off because they're practicing Satanists. And that just blows people's minds. It's too much. So I think people are prepared to go a, a certain a certain distance down the rabbit hole before they start to feel threatened. And I think their ego, and not, not meaning to say that they're arrogant, but their ego in terms of their identity starts to get threatened the more things that they confront, that they believed in and based their lives in, on which perhaps are not true. And, and a lot of people just hit that barrier and go, right, I can't go any further, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. What, what I've found, and I don't know whether this is something you've experienced, is that once you've been... I, I I get grief from Toby on this. He says, like, what you believe all the conspiracy theories, no, not just not just nine eleven and the moon landings, but also Paul, fake Paul McCartney and, and and stuff. But what I've found is that 
once you start, once you've investigated a few conspiracy theories, what you find is that the enemy's modus operandi is the same. They have these these tells, and once you once you see the tell in an operation, you you can you can you can almost see at a glance whether mm. whether something else is is, is fits the pattern. Mm. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I think uh, Naomi Wolf explained this really well. Uh, she did this um, short presentation. It's only about 10 minutes long. And she was basically saying, if something's very high profile, uh, big budget, as it were, um, getting a lot of media attention around the country, around the world, you need to ask yourself, is this real? Because the more high profile, the more high octane, the, the more likely it is to be fake. Um and she explained there's an amendment in the NDAA in America that it's actually completely legal for the media to fake events, present them as real, to propagandize the public. Um, and she says, uh, we're in an age now, it's not crazy to assess media stories as real or not real. It's actually crazy not to. Um, and I think that's what, you know, obviously most people don't know that. It just sounds crazy. Why on earth would the media do that? Surely that's illegal. It's not illegal. Um, and there are lots of reasons why they do it. Uh, but it's kind of creating this um, parallel uh, false reality. And this is what I try to impress on people. I say, you know, reality is, you know, your friends and family, uh, where you live, going out in the world, what's happening on screens. You have no way of knowing whether that's real or not. And that becomes uh, more and more the case with the AI and the deep fake. So you've got to examine everything with a sceptical eye, you know, including this interview. Uh, the the, uh, the technology certainly exists for the cabal to uh, whip up deep fakes of you and I clone our voices. So everything you're seeing on a screen, ask yourself, is this real or not real? Obviously, some of it is real, but you've got to keep asking that question. Yes, I was just looking behind me because people people sometimes analyse what's in the background. And I'm wondering whether there's any kind of, what's that mysterious Illuminati device hanging up by the window? Yes, they've done this to me as well. So if you see that that behind my head, you just see the whole thing. Someone said, oh, is that the Ouroboros, which is some satanic symbol? The Ouroboros, yeah. It's the, it's, not, it's, 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 it's the snake devouring its tail. Yes. It is. Which is, uh, yeah, but this, this is not, you see, it's a, it's a Zen symbol, it's a broken circle. That, that sounds pretty dodgy, though. That sounds quite new age, Mary. Oh, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not mine, actually. It's my husband's. And we did think about removing it, but then there's just a big blank wall, so we thought, well... I haven't, we it. haven't done a back, background check on your, on your husband. But by yeah. the way... Is, is he down the rabbit hole with you, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. That, that's how we met. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. That's a result. Did, yeah. Naomi Wolf, she she gets a lot of publicity. So where are you? She does. That's true. That's true. Um, so I haven't looked into her very deeply. It's just I did see this this one clip that she did, and I often link it in um, articles because I just think she explained really well you know, false flags and why we need to look into this. But, um, yeah, she has had a lot of publicity. I think she was very involved. Was it with the Clinton campaign? I think she was... yeah well there's that there's that okay so you've got people's past i suppose it's possible for people to renounce their past you know yeah, i yeah. mean like like look at my past that's a you could use that to write me off completely so i think we have to have room to be able to accept yeah, that yeah they've changed yeah. at the same time i do think that there is i can't remember what it is in there are some areas that naomi doesn't want to go mm. i always i always find that suspicious right such as well, would she would she go for Kazarian mafia? Would she go for right, right? Would she go for go for viruses aren't real? I don't think she would. Mm. 
No, no, I didn't say. Um, would she get? She won't do. She won't do any of the kind of spiritual war stuff. And I'm kind of thinking. You look at the look at the real people on our side. Mm. Mike Eden, for example. There's yeah, there's yeah. no there's nowhere Mike won't go. Yes. The, 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 you 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 could you could put an idea to him and 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 he wouldn't instantly write it off just because it's a sort of forbidden territory. He'd, he'd think about it and then then yeah. take a view. So maybe that's another tell. I don't know. Yes. I mean, I think that sometimes genuine people are just too emotionally invested that have knee jerk say, no, no, we can't talk about this. It makes us look insane. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's a good yardstick. Um, you know, if you're invested, if you're really invested in the truth, nothing should be off the table. You should be prepared to discuss anything and go where the evidence takes you. So if there's ever anything that someone goes, nope, that's a step too far, then yeah, that's a red flag. Yeah, exactly. And 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 if if your if your business model is sticking to areas where which are not going to, um, you know, jeopardize your place with a foot in the mainstream, then that that for me is is. You know, it's not a deal breaker, but it makes me question. And it's it's quite. I've noticed. Have you been to any? Well, you must have been to the kind of festivals like the the, the Hope. I went to the Hope Freedom Festival last year, which was really really good. Um, and there's there's a, there's another one this year as well. I'm I'm hoping to go to Hope and the and 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 this one. Um, and the kind of people that you one converses with mm. they tend to be it, it's it's obvious whether or not they are on side or not yeah the, the, partly it's just it's, it's a kind of almost a, they've got an aura about them a sort of you know glowing red eyes the sort of yeah, truth, yeah. Uh, truth <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is um but partly it's just their kind of openness to everything and they don't really yeah. care whether people think they're crazy there's no yeah. guardedness about them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, I do hope you're wrong about about Losser and, and Bridgen and and uh, the, the few others because I'm because I'm I'm very fond of them. But it, it, yeah, it's it's hard. Um, it's hard. I mean, please ask them to respond to my letter because you know. I want allies, of course. I don't want more enemies. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the the biggest thing really is this ridiculous lawsuit to sue Matt Hancock for defamation. And Abby Roberts actually encapsulated it really well in an essay I think she did yesterday or the day before. She said, suing Matt Hancock, Matt Hancock for defamation is like pulling Ted Bundy over for speeding. You know, it's just, it's so, it's so trivial compared to what I, I believe that he's actually guilty of. And if Andrew Bridgen was legitimate you know this lawsuit would on its own put huge question marks over his legitimacy um and it's a ridiculously large amount of money for a defamation lawsuit as well which he does not have a good chance of winning almost certainly won't win so or that on its own i would want to say to him look if you're legitimate why are you doing this you must understand that this just puts question mark after question mark over your head i mean what it's not necessary yes Yes. So I, I, I've suddenly, I'm suddenly struck that I, I so loved your um, explanation of the, the Madeleine McCann thing. And it's obviously your forte. I'm wondering whether there are any other things on, on that, in that vein that I should, that you, you can explain for me. Because um, okay. you've done, you've done Bully, you've done Madeleine McCann. What, what other sort of thought control things are there? Um, 
While you're thinking about it, I've just I've just done this Substack, which I think I think you're 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 going to like. Okay. It's on. It, it started with with a thing that had annoyed me for annoyed me for a long time. Um, fake quotes on the internet, mm-hmm. and it started off because um, a few years ago I had used several times the the famous Orwell quote in times of universal deceit, truth telling becomes a revolutionary act. Yes. Except, of course, he never said it. it. It's just, it's just oh, made right. up. Okay. It's just made up right. shit. But it sounds so good, and and you want it to be by George Orwell because it because it's it's so expressive of all the things that one believes in and what one has been trained to think that, that Orwell is one of us. He's a hero and 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 stuff. And I used this as a as a launch pad. And I was I was saying that back in the day, I would have written this piece and it would have ended up, you know, just concluding that that this is the consequence of living in an accelerated culture and, and where, where everything's dumbing down and, and the, the internet leads, leads to the proliferation of fakery. Mm. But actually, now I know what I know about the world, it seems to be actually more sinister than that. That, right. that, that you, you think about the power of quotations. Um, they're a kind of substitute for, 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 deep, for, for, for depth, apart from anything else. Um, we like sound bites. We love sound bites because because it, 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 it it's it's TLDR, isn't it? We, we it just just saves us having yeah, to go yeah, through the trouble of. And in the same way, I'm, I'm in the second part of the essay. I'm going to go back to Shakespeare, for example. You know what what do we do with Shakespeare? Well, we fillet him for the best quotes. We fillet him for 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 yes. standout quotes or, yes. or standout moments like Hamlet's soliloquy. And then you think, okay, well, okay. So what are these? What message are these? Are these these sound bites putting out these um, these catchphrases, um, and we love catchphrases. Um, and I just realised that here is yet another way they deceive us. That we have the what sells really well at Christmas, or or, or used to anyway. It's it's big bumper book, books of quotations. Yeah, they, they appear in quizzes and stuff. So these phrases are imprinted in our minds, and then you examine the phrases and and are they what kind of message are they putting across? Mm. And actually, what what you find that what they're often doing is putting across the message of what do you call them? The evil predator class. What what's your name for them? The overlords. The overlords. That the overlords take such care over everything that they even go to the trouble of inventing these quotes or imprinting these, yeah. these misattributing these quotes or whatever. Um, yes. Anyway, um, that's given you time now to think about other interesting, um, <laughs> besides Madeleine McCann. Oh, yeah. So what do you think is going to happen to that Jim Caviezel movie about, about child trafficking and adrenochrome. Do you think he's going to get bumped off? Um, no, I think probably not. Um, I think what I don't, I haven't looked into that a great deal, but I think what they're going to try and do with it is, um, try and, uh, pass it off as the rantings of a crazy conspiracy theorist, you know, that like they do with Mel Gibson. Um, this is what they uh, do an awful lot of the time is that they take these serious concerns that people have, equate them with non-serious people who are seen as, you know, crazy fringe, like Mel Gibson is now depicted as this, you know, um, anti-Semitic, drunk, wife-beating fool. 
so what he says is automatically discounted. So I think that's their kind of MO, that they will reveal a certain amount of truth, but they'll do it in such a way that the normies would never take it seriously. I've I've sometimes thought that I should do this um, this podcast in a kind of a, a jester's hat with with bells on it and uh, and right, all yeah, those yeah. funny stick things yes. to, uh, as as a kind of to stop them taking me seriously as a threat and bumping me off. Um, it might work. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I think that I think that that sort of what what you're saying is 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 possibly true that that if you bump somebody off even if you make it look like an accident um i think it sort of lends credence to the person who's to the conspiracy theorist doesn't it totally yes absolutely um no you could say well i'm just gonna say i think the strongest weapon that they have against us is to ignore us and that's what that's what they do um that they ignore us or they paint us as, as as crazy fools, and you know I've I've noticed this that the kind of people they will uh, report on in the in the mainstream as holding conspiratorial beliefs are always people who have these credentials that you can dismiss them, like oh uh, Mark Gibson, everyone knows he's crazy, he's evangelical, you know, religious, drunk, all the rest of it. So when you've got someone who's um, uh, kind of uh, professional and credible and reasonable like yourself they will never give that person prominence because they're too credible and that they could actually sway a normie's mind so they have to equate these kind of beliefs with you know crazy fringe lunatics do you by this token do you think that um david ike is 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 one of them not one of us i don't know about david because um you know like uh many people um i have to credit him with a lot of my awakening you know i've read quite a lot of his books he gives some fantastic information um but of course uh every normie knows about the lizard thing and that they can use that of course to discount everything else he's ever says and he's addressed this in one of his books he said look i know that people say to me all the time your information is great but you discredit it all by talking about the lizard thing can't you just not talk about the lizard thing and he said i've thought about that but the thing is he says you know it's just it's true and it's really important so i just have to tell people and if they think i'm crazy then so be it and you know he could well be totally uh, legitimate about that, but the overlords have realised that that's useful for them. Go, oh my God, look at this crazy lunatic thinks the Queen's a lizard, and then conflate everything else he believes with thinking the Queen's a lizard. So it happens all the time, you know, if you're talking about vaccine safety concerns to a normie, you go, oh, I suppose you think the Queen's a lizard as well. It's like these topics <laughs> are not related in any way, but they have been conflated as being related, unfortunately, because of David Icke. Um, by the way, the, the, the reason that this my, I'm flashing is, is partly obviously because I want to induce epileptic fix in my, my yes. viewers, but mainly it's because my, my, my things are running out of battery. Uh, right. Well, I, it goes back to your, to, to your celebrated essay that I, that, that I referred to. Um, I have no problems with the lizard theory because I think it's true as well. Right. I do. I, 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 I do think that it goes back to... Um, the, the the Garden of Eden really the, mm. and it's the seed of the serpent. I mean, I you, I think some of it is kind of metaphorical, isn't it? We don't know exactly what happened back then. Yeah. But but it, but it seems to me that reading the Old Testament as I do, there's a reason why God is very keen on erasing certain you know, the Edomites, for example. And I think it is that the the, the the seed of the serpent, the people within the who've got this sort of lizard thing within them seemed also to be into things like consuming human flesh and 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 well 
child sacrifice and stuff. Mm. And God doesn't like that. Mm. So, and, and, and I know people who've seen these shape, shape or, or, or who know people who've, who've, who've seen these shape-shifting lizard things. So... Oh, well, I, I, you know, I don't discount anything, and I, you're absolutely right that this, you know, dragon, uh, lizards, uh, serpent symbolism is is ancient, and you know, it's obviously very significant. Um, so uh, I'm I'm open to everything, but I understand why uh, David promoting that theory is useful to the overlords to discount the other things he says, um, because you know, it's it, obviously one awakens in stages, and it is easier to believe that um, the pharmaceutical industry might make a dangerous product than it is to believe that the Queen's a lizard. But by getting people to have confused the two too early on, I think it stimmies people from going further than, than they might otherwise. Yes. Well, we recognise that, but we're not in the, in the business of... I think ultimately our job is to tell the truth, regardless yeah. of where it takes us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, then, and, and then be honest, if, we, if, we've, if we, we're proved wrong or whatever then to adjust our position accordingly, but not to hold back from saying stuff just because somebody might think it sounds a bit wacky. Oh, I, I agree. And I think that this is exactly what Dave, precisely what David has said in his books. But um, I think some, even when someone's being completely honest and legitimate, the overlords can sometimes use that to their advantage. And I've noticed often when they report on so-called crazy conspiracy theorists, they don't provide any evidence that what they're saying isn't true. They just say kind of he or she believes this. Oh, my God, that's crazy. And it's just they just repeat what somebody believes as if it's so self-evidently insane that that means that person is insane. But they very rarely actually produce the evidence that, okay, well, this might sound out there, but it could be true because, as they say, the truth is stranger than fiction. But they don't do that. It's almost as if there's a set number of beliefs which just don't need any evidence to disprove because they're so obviously not true that you don't need to prove they're not true. And that kind of keeps people trapped in not thinking and just go, oh yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. I need, I, I think I need a cup of tea now. Um, it's been really lovely talking to you, Mary. Um, you too. Um, so tell people where they can find your essays. Okay. So my website is uh, miriaf, that's M-I-R-I-A-F.co.uk. And I'm also on Substack, which is miri.substack.com. Do, is it does it is, is that your your living by the way yes it has become so um it wasn't initially but it, um it's, it's picked up enough that um yes just just about well that's good yeah yeah i'm really happy i mean it, 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 one thing one can be grateful to technology for it, it it seems to have i mean they don't let us earn very much do they they, they, no. they don't they don't let us get any bigger than a certain size i think that's part of their containment strategy Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. The shadow banning is, is, is horrendous. My audience is actually smaller now than it was when I started out because, uh, you know, I've got like about 15,000 followers on Facebook, but I get about four likes because people just don't see my post. But yeah, we, we persevere. Which is, which is why you like, like when you know how much Naomi Wolf makes from her substack. I, it's just, I know. Just, you know? I know, I know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound sort of, I'm not, I'm not, jealous envious whatever i, I just it's a tell it, um, is, it is yeah um anyway sorry sorry um epileptics if if i for if you're now rolling on the floor um as a result of my flashy thing um uh i, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this 
podcast and uh please keep supporting me on on um substack and subscribe star and locals is probably the best place for that because it's easiest to to work um patreon um or you can buy me a coffee or buy me lots of coffees that's that's the thing to do and um oh and come to my live shows i'm doing i'm doing some live shows i'm doing one with clive decal i think at the end of june in dorset so there's it's not that big a venue so so i'd get you get your um get in there soon before because my events do sell out um which really annoys toby of course which is another reason to sell them out <laughs> and then i'll be doing one with mike yeden i've got one with mike yeden coming up and i've got one with bob coming up as well i think possibly on the bank holiday weekend uh, the, the last weekend in august um possibly in the north or in wales i'm not sure which anyway um i'll keep you posted and Mary, thank you again it's been an absolute joy and thank you thank you again for being one of the few people who got thin disguised autobiography when it came out <laughs> thank you very much james it's been a real pleasure talking all right okay um that was good